0: Hello and welcome to a late night edition, so you'll hear my sultry tones this is Brad and Eric after dark. Brad and Eric after dark. Things are gonna get low and slow. Turn on some mood lighting and start some smooth jazz because you're about to hear some football takes from two of the best in the business. That's just the way this goes, folks. Uh... But yes, if I appear to be whispering at any point, it is because I have a loud voice that uh, tends to carry, and uh, it's 9.15 at night, so hopefully in the future we'll record a little bit earlier as a friend of mine is trying to call and... Um, offer me a wildly unfair fantasy football trade. Of
1: course, of um, course. I'm I find myself in a similar situation, I would burdened guess. with the carrying voice and all that, and also it being late at night, and I have sleeping roommates. So we will we will keep it down today. I, I'm you got to you got to introduce us though. You, you missed that part. That part's good.
0: I like oh, that. Yeah, part. I'm, Eric, I'm Eric Jensen. I, I'm the host of this here podcast. It's, it's a great football podcast, I believe, and uh, that's a uh, Bradford Sonnenberg. He's he's a great guy. Sonnenberg. what what kind of last name is that, Brad?
1: Sonnenberg? Um, my hunch would be German. I'm I'm not exactly positive.
0: All right, Seems that, more that's, like
1: that's, Danish. I don't know. Danish, Danish. I mean, really, all those countries are are over there. So it's one of the over there countries.
0: Want to be over there? Countries.
1: Just just pick one. Gotcha. I'm I'm pretty sure I'm I'm pretty sure I, I have some sort of Swedish roots as well. Yeah, you I'm look not, like a Swede. I'm not. I I feel like I, I have a bit of a Swedish appearance thing going on. Ah, oh, you can't stall anymore. We got to talk about the Broncos, Eric. You can't dodge Eric. it forever. We got to talk about the Broncos. I've never listen. I'm I'm newer to this program, and I I've heard the legendary tales of your Broncos hype and the the crash that comes every season. It it was like it took a quarter of football. You were all... Two weeks ago, I was hearing about how the Broncos are this threat. And now you're... Now you're uh, full... You've gone full Doomer. You're acting as if the season's already over.
0: Well... Because it is.
1: How is it? It's one week. And yes, it's a rookie coach making one of the worst decisions I have ever seen. But at the end of the day, it's, it's a bit of a fluky game. And... I am I have my questions about the N- Nathaniel Hackett regime going forward, but I think it was a combination of factors. So the the Seahawks defeat the Broncos in this in this crazy upset, just this all time meme game. Geno Smith, after all the ridiculous hype from all these football pundits, and he ends up playing exceptional, at least for the first half. And I I think the Broncos outplayed them for a large portion of the. I mean two goal line fumbles Two. how many? I, I can't recall a single game of my I life mean, watching a team get fumbled the ball twice at the goal line. There was just, so many fluky plays like that. And just ridiculous. the Broncos taking well, idiotic delay of game penalties that I don't think that I I don't think that'll be a consistent thing. I think part of that was like rusty in this new offense. Part of that was the crowd going absolutely bonkers at Lumen field. I don't, uh, I, I, I think that the 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 Seahawks got extremely lucky to win this game, and whenever a team is lucky to beat you, I'm I'm a little bit le- like I'm 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 taking the Broncos a little less seriously after that week. Yes, but I I don't think you can be fully the season's over. You know, I I think I think you got to give it a couple more weeks.
0: I guess, but I mean, the offense. People keep telling me the offense looks promising. I didn't see that. They threw a bunch of screen passes against bad linebackers. Like, what? Like, there was no verticality to the offense. Russell Wilson missed Jerry Judy wide open in the middle of the field like three separate times.
1: Hit him for a 67-yard touchdown, though.
0: It was crazy. That was not a great throw, I didn't think.
1: No, that was all Judy. But... Hey, remember there was a time not so long ago that we were like, oh, Jerry Judy's not really showing much. I thought Jerry Judy looked exceptional for most of that game.
0: Yeah, Jerry Judy had a nice night. I'll I'll give I'll give Jerry Judy. I'll give Jerry Judy some credit. He had a nice night. You you just gotta let me go here for a second, Bradford. Let let me just tell you why why I dislike the Broncos. Well, because the defense is shit. Like, I've been trying to tell people this for maybe about four months now, but they're thin at literally all three positions. And now, by the way, I don't know if you saw this today, Bradford, but Justin Simmons has been placed on IR. So they have no safety. So that's great because every corner on their roster is a liability except Patrick Sertan. And even him, I'm kind of out on. He got burnt like three separate times. Uh, and only had one real pass breakup. Not a big fan of S- Sertan's performance in Seattle. And you know, the PFF nerds can say, Oh, he played great, this, that, and the other thing. But, and, and sure, he did keep DK Metcalf down, but he, he, he had some bad plays as well. And he, he had some penalties, and it was just unforgivable to me. Um, And then, I mean, you paid $72 million or whatever you paid Randy Gregory for him to play 26 snaps, which is pathetic. I mean, just in every way, shape, or form of a word. You passed on Von Miller for that. Von Miller literally said in like four separate interviews this offseason that he wanted to come back to Denver and play with Russell Wilson. And instead, you said, nope, we want to pay walking drug case randy gregory all that money instead so now you got bradley chubb who didn't show up for the first half of this game sure he showed up for the second half but that's kind of been the story of bradley chubb's career wildly inconsistent and almost always injured bet he'll be out by week three um alex hightower not hightower what alex singleton line middle linebacker third stringer Uh, Really terrible. I mean, George Payton, you couldn't have drafted a a linebacker this year. Like, Broncos linebackers are slow and bad and doesn't look like this defense can stop anyone. And it's just clear to me that Vic Fangio schemed up a great defense around mediocre players. And this Denver defense is full of mediocre players. And quite frankly, it's the worst defense in the division. For Raiders have a better defense. It's just just the way it is. And um, that's going to keep them from winning a lot of games this year because they're not going to be able to stop Patrick Mahomes and they're not going to be able to stop Justin Herbert and they're not going to be able to stop Devontae Adams and they're going to get killed. And, you know... Then you look at the offense and the offensive line got away with holding on almost every play. If you listen to Jeff Schwartz, who I listened to for professional offensive line analysis, I believe he's one of the best in the game to do it. Literally every single play for Broncos were holding someone and it just was not getting called. And Garrett Bowles is once again, a, a liability at tackle and Quinn Miners already has an injury at at guard and Graham Glasgow is already having to come in and Graham Glasgow hasn't played well over the past few years. And, oh yeah, you have a quarterback that holds the ball forever and doesn't believe in the quick passing game and runs himself into trouble. He took one set, but the sack he took in the first quarter where he just runs out of a wide open pocket toward the sideline and there's nothing there was absolutely pathetic by Russell Wilson. And then, Here's the worst part of the night. Here's the worst part of the night for me, Brad, is watching Russell Wilson, that pathetic... Pathetic doesn't even begin to describe him in this moment. He goes up and he's laughing and he's smiling and he's saying, you know, I'm just glad I had this opportunity, man. And like, it was so fun to come back here and play. And, you know, I just thank God every day for the opportunity to work and get better. And he's smiling ear to ear. And it's like dude, you just got your ass kicked by your former team. Now is not the time to smile and laugh and be Mr. Positive. Now is the time to take accountability and be a real leader and be a quarterback and say, we screwed up. I need to be better. This is what we need to fix. Also, you can blame Nathaniel Hackett for the end of the games. I don't care. Russell Wilson has been playing in the league for what now? Ten years? Eight years? Nine years? Ten years. It's
1: been a decade. Ten
0: years? Ten years? And he doesn't have the presence of mind to call a time out there.
1: Like, yeah, I wondered who. Like, I part of me was like, yeah, like it's Hackett. It, you know, he's not rookie head coach thing. But Rush could have bailed him out there. I mean, did you did you see the clip of the Manning cast with
0: yeah. Peyton
1: Manning I mean, having an absolute here's my, here's my hero. Attack? here is my here is
0: my here is my literal hero the hero of my entire life my number one hero of all time the man behind me Peyton Manning saying... E, think it's time to take a timeout. Time to take a timeout, E. E, <laughs> why aren't they calling a timeout? And I'm like, thanks, Peyton. I mean, I, I agree. If they had Peyton Manning in that moment, that wouldn't have happened. And Russell Wilson was supposed to be a Peyton Manning-like leader, and Russ came in as this guy that Peyton endorsed, and he let him down. And frankly, I'm out on Russell Wilson. I'm just out on him.
1: Okay, don't be out on Russell Wilson. I'm out Wilson. on Russell Miss Wilson. One week.
0: I, bought, is, I, bought, I bought a jersey, and honestly— let me tell bro- you. Worst purchase I've ever made. Can't believe Let I gave that you man story. money. That, that guy, he's just well, that makes an absolute, that gives
1: you something in common with the Broncos. He's
0: just <laughs> he's just an absolute disgrace. I mean, t-
1: so you want some 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 uh, parallel version to the 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 copy pass that that emerged from this week with with Burrow, where it's like Joe Burrow hasn't showered, hasn't changed, still wearing most of his uniform, been sitting in his locker staring forward since the game ended. You want like a Burrow. Uh, poor personal hygiene moment for Russell Wilson and that would make you feel better as a fan.
0: Yeah, you know, I just want some accountability. And there was no accountability. And Hackett, I, even I, in his post game press conference, he didn't take accountability until yesterday morning. Like
1: it's just, it's weak I agree with a lot of the points that you're making. But and, and, and listen. And they were the most penalized team
0: in the NFL. And oh, that the, was bad. But fan, I, I nobody likes to make Hackett more came fun in of- listen to me, Bradford. I, I can't yell at you right now. I, I just need you to let me do this. This is where you need to let me shine. Nathaniel Hackett came in and he was this guy and he was like, yeah, I'm a cool hip hop dancer and I like Star Wars and I'm going to call it the gold zone and we're going to play music and practice and I'm going to be a player's coach. Well, guess what? He didn't do well. Out of that distilled discipline in his football team. And it showed in week one. And, and they got, I mean, the number of penalties they had was absolutely pathetic. I mean, absolutely pathetic. I've never seen a performance like it, undisciplined, uh, like just terrible. I I, I mean, there's no way I think any rational Broncos fan, and there are a lot of irrational Broncos fans, and I'm not even, sometimes I share this podcast on the Broncos subreddit. I'm not going to do it this time because I'll get too many haters. But like, these, these little guys with three in their bios and in their Broncos jerseys and in, in in their profile picks, these little guys, they think that they're going to, it's going to be all good and they're going to be a playoff team and they're going to the super bowl. That's wrong. You're wrong. They are going eight and nine. That's the end of the story. This is a terrible team with a terrible defense that is going to win some lucky games because they have a decent quarterback. And at the end of the day, they're not going to compete with the Chiefs or the Chargers and it's going to be pathetic and we're going to finish fourth in the division and, and I'm just going to cry and this is
1: I cry country let's cry
0: broncos no, I, let's cry
1: I, <laughs> I, okay i i just want to say this and nobody likes making fun of the broncos more than me i am not a fan of the denver broncos i never have been i i find them a uh a very unlikable organization. I think their logo looks way too veiny and throbby to be something I, I would personally want to be seen wearing uh, on, on my person, but um, it's, it's one way. Yes. Yeah, there you are with the Broncos hat. You're, you're back in I, for, for me and the, uh, I think it's hard to be out on a team in week one. You know, and I agree with a lot of the points that you're making. But before you go full Doomer to the wall, give it at least two more weeks. I can tell you, let me tell you a story about the 2021 Kansas City Chiefs. They were looking down the barrel at three and four. The Chargers overtaken them in the division. I mean, the Broncos had actually a hot start that year. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is broken. He said, but everything's falling apart. That team ended up winning the division and going to the AFC championship game. You know, you got to, you got to be now to be fair, that team had Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. So I suppose, I, I suppose that's a factor player here, but what I'm telling you is Eric, not everything is doom and gloom and you just got to give it another couple of weeks. And then together we can thoroughly laugh at the Broncos, but I want to wait a couple of weeks before I really say something that I might look stupid for
0: later. I mean, later. There's no way they beat the Texans by ten points this week. It's too much. But as long as they beat the Texans, it's it's fine. You just gotta beat the Texans. Apparently,
1: if we're looking elsewhere in the AFC, beating the Texans isn't so easy. (laughs) Yeah, Uh,
0: and and I mean, there's a chance they lose the Texans this week. To be completely frank with you, Dave Davis Mills. I thought I I thought Davis Mills was kind of nice.
1: You know, I I'm someone that was was kind of drinking the Davis Mills Kool Aid. Um. It was a tough off-season. game for the
0: Davis Mills Trooper. He missed a lot of throws. He
1: did miss a lot of throws, but I didn't think he was terrible. I thought he was okay, and that's really all I'm looking for from from Davis Mills right now. Uh, I I can see you're down about about the Broncos, and I think I think if we're if we're just kind of talking about games that we find interesting, all right, I'll give you something to to cheer about. We want to talk about a feel-good story. Let's talk about the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh man, uh, we're back. Uh, I just don't see how they're going to manage without Tyreek Hill. What are they going to do without right, Tyreek right, Hill? All right, all right, all right. I know what this is. I know what, what is. this is. I know what this is. Patrick Mahomes. I know what this is. Top five quarterback. I know what
0: this is. I know what this is. I got Here, here it is. Bradford. Bradford. Just some simple facts about this, <laughs> this past. Three months we've known each other. Um, I've taken some L's. I've taken some big time L's. I've said some really stupid things. I mean, really stupid. Perhaps the stupidest of which was that Patrick Mahomes would not finish the year as a top five quarterback. (laughs) Which I mean, who would even say that?
1: Well, it, for me personally, it wasn't as much that it was more the suggesting Jalen Hurts would, but um, I, still
0: well, I, I, Hurts I, I still believe in that Jalen Hurts. I still believe in Hurts Jalen was
1: stolen. I, I appreciate the, the Patrick Mahomes apology there. Um, but the Chiefs looked uh, awesome.
0: No way except, around. They
1: looked they looked unstoppable. I thought I thought all the new pieces came together beautifully, and it felt like they had more to give at the same time. Like they put up 44 points and it was felt pretty effortless. And yet watching the game, it felt like it could have been way more. Kelsey looked as good as ever. He looked like Travis Kelsey, no sign of stepping back there. Clyde Edwards Hilaire looked like the guy that they thought they were getting when they drafted him. He was, uh, he 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 was uh, seeing the field. He was they they were using Clyde in the way that I had been begging for them to use Clyde the past couple seasons. He is an excellent receiving back. He's not a power back. I'm taller than him, and I am not a big guy. Stop using him as a power back. Um, he looked great. I thought Juju looked pretty good, and his stats could be even better. He had he had an unfortunate uh, a drop, and he also had a fumble, which not not the biggest fan of. But you know, getting getting into the field obviously Sky Moore looked pretty solid he didn't have he didn't have like a ton of a ton of action I mean Juju and uh and McCall were kind of stealing and Clyde were kind of stealing the show there I thought Pacheco who's been getting a lot of the uh preseason hype around him as, as a late round running back I mean name a better Kansas City chief to wear the number 10 I I, I really don't think you can. he he was excellent and they even rewarded him with the with the chance to get the rushing touchdown there at the end and I, I I don't expect the Chiefs to like put up 44 points a week but it is nice to see that the offense what clearly Veach and Reed were envisioning looks very doable I love that we're getting this version of Patrick Mahomes that I like to call petty Mahomes where you can tell he's a little he's a little pissed off he's seeing you Eric and He's like, yeah, you know, I had th- the second half of the Bengals. You know, last season, it wasn't perfect. Every time this man scored a touchdown, he looked at the camera and he started counting them on his finger with this look of total shock. It was hilarious. And it's like, to me, I, I think that Mahomes is just one of those athletes that I just, I don't think you can count them out, you know? And I'm personally very excited about these Chiefs. Uh that's, that's that's where I'm at. So there's a little feel-good story out in the ether for you. And I will even provide this winner for you to talk about your Chargers, who also pulled away with the win in the old AFC West.
0: Yeah, I mean, Chargers looked great. Got six sacks on the day, I believe. Pass rush looked absolutely as good as advertised. Um, what if there's a night game that's going to be? I think we'll talk about that at the end of this uh, because it's just an interesting game. Uh, the Chiefs, though, I, I I did have some thoughts. You know, I'm really into Isaiah Pacheco. I, I, like, he, he, he's kind of a, a little guy. And, and I kind of.
1: Like... Okay, is this romantic? Are, are you like romantically interested in him? Because you're, you're sort of, you sort of had this little grit on your face. You're talking about him he's just this little guy. Yeah, he's just this little guy. So it sounds like you have more than just football interest in Isaiah Pacheco. He's he's
0: just this little guy. He's a little skinny little guy that <laughs> just kind of scoots around on the field. And, he does. That yeah, he does. And, and finds the right little holes, and he's, he's a little quick guy. And, uh, you know, little quick guys make for good running backs, and he's a good – I think he's going to be a pretty good running back, and I think they're going to have a pretty nice one-two punch there. I'll tell you who else I like. Sky Moore. I know he didn't do much in this game but that play he had over the middle where he just kind of cuts like you can see it's there like you can see what that's going to be like he's going to like hopefully he's slightly better than Miko Hardman like right like, like and hey even Miko Hardman didn't look terrible he was like, solid I mean, he he did his job and, you know didn't see much from Marcus Valdez Scanling so maybe maybe could could see a little bit more from him but Juju certainly had his, his moments and, you know, the offensive line just gave Patrick Mahomes all day. And I mean, all that, the time in the world, it, it just doesn't matter. And I mean, part of that, I'm, I'm, I'm very fascinated. And just these throws he's making are just like incredible. Like there are, and this is something I talked about on the spaces and, and this is kind of my point. We can move to this next point Preseason matters a ton. Quarterbacks that didn't play in the preseason went three and eight on the weekend. The guys that did see, well, Herbert didn't see the preseason, but I think there is a very clear top echelon of quarterback play in the NFL right now, and it all resides in the AFC. And, and, and I'd take any any order here, Bradford, so don't get too offended. But in order, I would say it goes Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert in that order. And, I agree with you. You know, I I think that those three guys have just tremendous control of the offense and the position of quarterback right now. And, and I, I, I really do think that they are going to be big-time players this year who put up big-time years and you could see the difference, especially for Mahomes and and Allen, who did see some preseason snaps. They just looked ready to go, and they and they looked locked in. And uh, you know, it's it was a huge gap after that. To be completely honest with you, to me, like they're one and two, and you could put them. I everybody can have their order of who's one and who's two, but well, his... well no, I, I I would lump Herbert in. I know you don't like Herbert, but he had a really okay, good... Okay, but
1: I would put, I think, personally, I think, and I agree that I, I can, you can make the case that Herbert's playing top three, but I, I think that anybody making their order right now would have Herbert third, if right. than three right. you were throwing out there. I think yes. Mahomes, because it's, Mahomes and Allen, in different ways, it, it feels almost as if they've transcended. I, I thought about this a lot after the playoff game last year between the two. For a a brief quarter in time they transcended the quarterback position to the point that the only thing that could end that competition was the flip of a coin. It, it was beautiful. They've in, in different ways. I mean, Mahomes is, is this football magician and this wizard. And then on the other side, you have Josh Allen. It's like this football polar bear. He plays football. Like I imagine a sentient Well, all polar bears are sentient, but I mean a a very intelligent, Mm -hmm. uh, a polar bear would play the game like you can't bring him down you can't stop him it's with alan it's you can't stop him because you go to stop him and he just stiff arms you into he stiff arms your soul out of your body that play was incredible and on the other hand you go to stop Mahomes and he's gone you lost him you look away for a second you lost him he's gone it's 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 beautiful to watch and i think that they are playing the quarterback position at a level that has never been played at before right now, at least from what I saw in week one, it was just, it was beautiful. And I, 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 I I cannot wait for the eventual playoff rematch that I think we're in for here. It'll be, it'll be, it'll be exceptional.
0: I think so as well. Um, But I think also the reason quarterback play around the league feels down is two pillars are in really bad situations and you may disagree with one of them, but I think Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers are in for extremely rough years. That's, that's what I would say. I think Brady struggled with his lack of protection in that Cowboys game. They ad- ended up having to be more of a run first offense. And when he did get time to throw, you know, like that throw to Julio Jones. I get it, it's a deep ball, but like it's kind, <laughs> like it's 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 kind, it's kind of underthrown, and like is he's, he's not what he was last year. Like you can see that he's old, and Aaron Rodgers, that's the one that concern. I, I get Brady's Brady, and he'll figure it out. Maybe
1: he will figure but, it out. Rodgers,
0: but, but Rodgers, that. I I, I'm concerned for his health because he just got wrecked all day long. Like the Vikings just kept hitting him and he just kept kind of getting up and looking at the sideline. Like what the hell is going on right now? Like, like, what is this? And he he throws these beautiful deep passes to his wide receivers, like Christian Watson who drops them He's not on the same page with these new guys, and I get it. It might get better. And hey, I'm not saying I'm not saying anything crazy. I think he's he's going to show up and show out on Sunday Night Football this week against the Bears because he owns the Bears. But I would be shocked if he finishes the year in the MVP conversation. He just does not have the pieces around him, and the offensive line is so thin that he just, you know, he's in a really bad situation, I think. I think Green Bay is in a really bad situation. Uh, and, and and we can kind of move to that game next. The Vikings absolutely embarrassed them. Uh, it was a game that was not particularly close at any point. And, I mean, this Packers defense that we hyped up all offseason is maybe this is the best defense in the league. Looked terrible. Just jair alexander got absolutely owned by justin jefferson all day long and and justin jefferson looks like the the best skill position player in the league right now like
1: i think the, he is the best skill position player in the league right now if i'm being completely honest with you right i think he looks like that because he is i don't think that's a reflection on the packers as much i agree with you that the defense struggled but i mean we ought to look at jefferson as just uh, a god at this point I mean I think I I think he's gonna like set some wide receiver records this year and I think if you're gonna have a quarterback to get it to you for that Kirk Cousins gets the job done he looked great you know and obviously you expect your ups and downs with Kirk Cousins but if this is the kind of Vikings we're gonna see is there a more impactful coaching change to have on this offseason than firing uh, Zimmer like it you know he he spent so much time focusing on the defensive side of the ball and not really. It it almost felt like he had no patience for offense or respect for offense. And honestly,
0: this defense looked better than any Mike Zimmer defense.
1: <laughs> it did. At least, at least Zimmer defense over the past couple of years. Like, if I I am I had a lot of uh, struggle this off season. I I found the Vikings the most difficult team to project. Honestly, where I I had no idea what they were going to be. I leave this game and I I I try so hard not to be week one reactionary. I don't see how they don't win this division. Honestly,
0: like the, the, okay, that's a little crazy. I think that's a little crazy. Like I, I think there's a re- a real shot that the Packers can still struggle offensively and still win the division. I, I I'm still not sold on Kirk Cousins. Honestly.
1: I'm not talking about it as a Kirk Cousins thing. I'm just talking about this whole thing coming together. It, it just they well, looked, they're led by they, Kirk
0: Cousins. So they're led by Kirk, Kirk Cousins, Cousins but, does matter.
1: Yes, but Kirk Cousins got the job done, didn't he? And he is going yeah, to have at eleven a.m. Wide... at home. Okay, I I know, I know. I just this is less of a Vikings thing and more of a Packers thing. I am just the Packers just look defeated right from the get go. And obviously, hey, we don't want to be week one reaction about the Packers. Remember last year they got yeah, I was about to say. annihilated thirty eight to three by the Saints. But one of the differences in that is they still going into week two had Devonte Adams. They still had none of these receivers looked remotely capable. And hey, Rogers can go on the Pat McAfee show and try and gaslight me into believing Alan Lazard is the key to everything here. All he wants. I don't believe it for a second. It's just the offensive line looked Horrific the wide receivers obviously a lot of them is they're playing in their like first game first stuff with Rodgers so you want to give them a pass but it was just it looked it looked tragic and i think that in a division that i think will be tightly fought between the packers and the vikings the vikings already took a game over them you know and it's just oh that is going to be really hard to make up that ground like i'm 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 a lot higher on the vikings leaving that game personally
0: You know, we'll wait and see. I think um, I want to transition to another point on the NFC North. Because I think the NFC North in week one, what it showed me is that it's way maybe more interesting than we thought it would be. I know it was a pouring monsoon in Chicago. I get that. I get Justin Fields wasn't perfect. I get he missed a lot of throws. But like what he can do when the play breaks down and what he can do with his legs are special. And the fact he made plays to Dante Pettis and Equiminius St. Brown, like the fact he could do that against a 49ers defense that we expect to be very, very good this year. That to me is very impressive. And I think the bears are a team that, you know, I'm not saying anything crazy, but they're going to remain competitive this year. I don't think they're going to be as bad as I thought they would be originally. I think they're going to remain a competitive football team through most of the year and keep their games close. And then what I really want to talk about is this Eagles-Lions game, which, by the way, if I had to nominate the best game of the week, I think this was it, to, to, to be honest with you. I loved Eagles-Lions. It was a super fun game. Jalen Hurts was fun to watch. Nick Sirianni does not get enough credit as an offensive play caller. This offense is perfect for Jalen Hurts. Mm. So much misdirection, so much RPOs, so much running out of the backfield, so much using your wide receivers in a running game, so much trickery and maneuvering. and it, it just looks different every single time. It is a dynamic and intriguing NFL offense that will give Jalen Hurts the chance to be extremely successful. And that's ultimately why I believe he can elevate his play to being a top 10 quarterback this year, because he has a dynamic offensive coordinator and a true number one weapon. I mean, A.J. Brown looked awesome, as A.J. Brown often does. And you know, they just kept running slants to AJ Brown and he just kept picking up like 20 yards on every slant. And if you can pretty much do that against any team in the NFL, you can pretty much use AJ Brown's athleticism to pick up 20 yards against every team. And then when teams adjust to that, you can run the RPO and use Jalen Hurts' legs to hurt the linebackers. Like, This offense by like October is going to be incredibly hard to stop if they stay healthy. Uh, I was incredibly impressed by the Eagles, but I came away with this with more expectations for the lions. I think it is time in Detroit and Dan Campbell addressed this after his team's loss. It's no longer acceptable to lose by three points. That's, that's just the fact there's too much talent on the roster. They've drafted too well over two years and they're too well coached to keep losing by three points every week. To me, a successful Lions season. I think if you would have asked us before the year, they have to be like six, seven wins. I no longer think that's acceptable to me. When we get to December, we better be talking about the lions as a team hanging around for the division. Like, And maybe they're two games back. And maybe they win eight or nine games. But still, you have to win eight or nine games this year. And I think there's a reality in which they win 10. Uh, And it it, it comes down to the fact that Jeff Okuda shut down Devontae Smith for the entire game. And Devontae Smith is a highly touted second-year wide receiver. Looks like Okuda has finally become what draft experts thought he would be it took him a little while but oh sauce check really quick for him yeah he's got the sauce he's got the sauce sauce. i think jeff okuda's got the sauce he was a little
1: saucy in that game
0: yeah i think jeff okuda's got that sauce in him and uh I, i think that uh the offense is great and i know deandre swift has already picked up an ankle injury and that sucks especially for yeah. me and deandre swift fantasy football owner but me too um jamal williams looked pretty dang good in that game too and that offensive line looked pretty dang good and Amon ross st brown looked pretty damn good and dj chark looked like he might have been a sneaky great off-season pickup and then here's where i take my second l Jerry Goff looked pretty damn good. I mean,
1: I'm telling you, bro, people are sleeping on the goofball. He's not that bad.
0: I mean, he, he looked pretty damn good. Uh, I'll give him that. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if you disagree or not, but I, I think a successful season for the Lions now is between eight and 10 wins. Anything less than that's a bad season.
1: I agree. I think they definitely have the talent for it. I mean, Yes, Goff is a system quarterback. I think they got a great system. I'm going to be real with you right now. I mean, everything you just said, you said it all. I mean, maybe they don't, and maybe they hang around that seven wins. And, yeah, it's an improvement from where they were last year, sure. But, like, they definitely have the talent to do it. They have the story behind. They have the coach to do it, I believe. Super feel-good story. Can I Can I nominate a game of the week? I have I have one that that might surprise you, but it was my personal favorite game of the week. Go ahead. My favorite game of uh, the NFL week one that I had the pleasure of watching is uh, it's one that I think future generations will, will forget in, in the grand expanse of football and uh, the grand expanse of time. It, it may slip under the radar, but in, in, in maybe one day it'll be only I that remembers the great quarterback duel that occurred between Trevor Lawrence and Carson Wentz. Oh, and I wanted 20, to get to this one. 28 to 22 commanders win in which, yes, they did take command over the Jaguars. I'm okay. curious for your thoughts on this one.
0: I I haven't seen it. So you ever,
1: oh, you didn't watch it?
0: I'm not good on this one. So I'm going to ask you some questions. <laughs> I've heard very mixed reviews about how Trevor Lawrence looked in this game. Some people saying he looked kind of bad how would you describe Trevor Lawrence's performance?
1: Frustrating, but promising. I think, here's the thing with Lawrence. He, for every throw that he missed, he had a beautiful throw that got dropped. I was absolutely losing it at the Jaguars receivers. Outside of Christian Kirk, I mean, it, oh, I, I saw a lot of people hyping up Zay Jones's performance. He dropped two touch Like, Travis Etienne could have had two touchdowns. Zay Jones, like, it, it was a better situation for Lawrence this time around. And yeah, he did make some bad plays and you know it, he did miss some throws, but I think if you do end up going back, you'll you'll notice a lot of plays where it's like Lawrence should have deserved a touchdown on that one. and it was just it was just dropped. It was just simply dropped. Um, you know, who does have the sauce though, and I am willing to, I think we should just start grabbing bottles of the sauce and just drizzling it all over him. Maybe the most forgotten about number one overall pick, Trayvon Walker looked incredible. He looked so good. Uh, he's taken defensive rookie of the year. I'm sorry, Carlos. I love you, but oh my God, he looked incredible. You should. I don't know if you saw just the highlight clip going around of his interception on Carson Wentz. It was borderline one of the most impressively athletic feats at the same time being a hilarious Carson Wentz turnover. It was beautiful. And that's the other factor of this game. I, I went into this game thinking that, I came for the Trevor Lawrence performance, but I stayed for the Carson Wentz performance. It was one of the most hilarious displays of Carson Wentz I've ever seen because you got every version of him. You got MVP Carson Wentz where he was absolutely incredible, rolling out of pocket, making brilliant throws, just powering through. It was was ridiculous. He was so good. And then Carson Wentz shows up where he does that thing that only Carson Wentz can do, where he throws an interception to a defender in front of him. I've never seen a quarterback do that before. I, so just a defender facing him down on his way to take him. Carson Wentz is just like, oh, football, and he just throws the football at him. It's it's hilarious. You, you had it all in this game. And the thing that also really took me by surprise, uh, Jahan Dotson. Oh, I'm, he was so good. Like, him and Terry McLaurin are, could be one of the best wide receiver duos in the league. And I'm not going to act like Carson Wentz is going to be like some game breaker for the commanders and he's going to take them anywhere. But Carson Wentz throwing to Watson and, and the Watson Dotson and, and uh, I I thought Curtis Samuel looked pretty good as well. Uh, I, I, I think that, if you go back and watch this game, you'll realize that we may have misinterpreted how watchable the commanders will be this year. I'm just going to say it. they took command on us. they I, they they took command.
0: they took command. all right. Well, I generally dislike the franchise. So I'm gonna try to avoid them as much as possible. but that's maybe, fair maybe 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 at some point i'll I'll have to I'll have to tune in and 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 see what's up. Um. last point from me and then we'll go one last point from you and then we'll talk about Thursday Night Football and then we'll get out of here mm. impossible to escape this week without talking about the Cowboys just no. have to do it we're an NFL podcast it's unfortunate but the Cowboys are the biggest sports franchise in North America that's football related like as the NFL goes the Cowboys go and really unfortunate news for us as football watchers and the Cowboys in general in that Dak Prescott is hurt. Now there are varying reports. If you believe Jerry Jones, then he might be back as soon as week four. If you don't believe delusional Jerry Jones, then he might be back as late as week 10. Either way, it's the same thumb injury Russell Wilson suffered last year and struggled to play through when he came back. Not to mention, Dak Prescott was awful before he got hurt. Just absolutely awful. One of the worst games I've ever seen him play, period. And I'm a Dak believer. I've been, people who have listened to this podcast for a long time, No, for a long time, I was a huge Dak defender. But there is no excuse about how terribly he played in the first half of that game. It was disgusting. The Cowboys offense, I get they have limited weapons, but they could not move the ball. He threw a terrible interception, and he just didn't look like he had command of the offense. And this is where my hot take comes in, Bradford. At this point, if you're the Cowboys, maybe it's time to move on. Maybe maybe you've seen enough. Dax had a major ankle injury where he's missed most of the year. He had an injury last year where he missed a lot of the year. He has this injury now. He's a guy that gets hurt very easily. And a guy that really only puts up good performances against bad teams in the NFC East. And that's great, but he's never had any real playoff success. And they're, I've just come to the realization, the Cowboys are not winning a Super Bowl with Dak Prescott as their quarterback. They're just not. He's just He's just not a Super Bowl quarterback with them. And maybe he will be on a different team. Maybe he just needs a change of scenery. But this hasn't worked. And I think the Cowboys should just accept it. I think they should say, all right, We're not going to rush him back. We'll play Cooper Rush. We'll lose our fair share of games. We'll finish up with a top five pick and then go into this offseason and move Dak because he'll have some value. You can absolutely get two first round picks for Dak Prescott. Like that's just the way franchise quarterbacks work. He is a franchise quarterback, but he hasn't worked out here and he needs a change of scenery and you could sell him for as much as for Broncos gave for Russell Wilson and probably for a little bit more because people will be desperate for quarterbacks this off season. He's also younger. And and then you go out, you draft, you, you make some moves, you get the number one overall pick, you draft Will Anderson. You suddenly have a defensive front that's Micah Parsons and Will Anderson. Like, I don't know if you know who Will Anderson is, Bradford but you need to know who will anderson is he is a no doubt future nfl hall of famer who currently plays at the university of alabama and is the best and i'm going to say this very carefully the best college football player period on the planet better than any of the quarterbacks better than any of the wide receivers any of the offensive linemen he is the best If you put him in the NFL right now, he would be a Defensive Player of the Year candidate. And this is widely agreed on by basically anyone you talk to in draft circles. He is amazing. And if the Cowboys got him next to Micah Parsons and then they drafted, used one of those picks, they got back from Prescott to draft Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, and maybe draft another offensive weapon in that second round to, to reload from Amari Cooper. They could be back and competing within the next two years. This could be a very quick rebuild if they just commit to it. But let me know if you think I'm crazy, but I just don't see Dak Prescott being the answer at quarterback. I think that they should commit to this being a transition year and and make a change going forward.
1: I partly agree with you. I think that Dak Prescott is not winning a Super Bowl on this iteration of the Cowboys because the Cowboys are not a Super Bowl roster. I think most people identified that before this year. I think the issue with Dak Prescott is I I do think a guy like Dak Prescott is capable of winning a Super Bowl. I mean, you saw what a guy like Matthew Stafford, who I don't think is appreciably better than Dak Prescott. I think they're both pretty solid you saw what they can do in the right system with the right chance, with the right guy, with the, with the right, the right moment. But I don't think that moment involves uh, Mike McCarthy. (laughs) Like that's not where that moment's going to happen. He, he was awful before the injury. He It was a rough game for me because I'm someone who also likes Dak and I've defended him a lot. And I I was watching the game with my dad who's a Cowboys fan and he's very much like a Dak is a bum. We got to get rid of him. He's the reason why we're losing all these games, which is an idiotic take. But Dak did them no favors in that game and uh, the wide receivers didn't do them any favors in that game. It was just a disaster all around. The only Cowboy that showed up was Michael Parsons. It was it was it was brutal. Like just not a not a pleasant game. And the Cowboys season is already over. I mean, any chance they had of making the playoffs involved Dak Prescott beating up on those bad teams, like you were saying. And now Dak Prescott isn't around to beat up on those bad teams. Now those bad teams are around to beat up on Cooper Rush. So the Cowboys are done for the year. I, I feel pretty confident saying that. I I agree that the Cowboys we don't think it's a we need to get Dak out of here and to rebuild. It's a you need to restart. This is not working. What you have right now, it's not working. Build around Micah Parsons and Will Anderson, like you're saying. I'm not super familiar with him. I have heard the name, but uh something like what you're saying. And it's it's not Dak slander. Dak is a perfectly fine quarterback, he's pretty good. He gets paid a lot of money for a reason. But it just this Cowboys roster is not good enough, and now they're facing down the barrel of an Eagles team that has had an absolute master class offseason two years in a row. The, the Eagles team is – imagine if Dak Prescott had uh, Howie Roseman building up pieces around him like Howie Roseman is building up pieces around Jalen Hurts, right? Imagine if Dak Prescott had that. He doesn't. He has Jerry Jones and – this Cowboys team is just not good enough. So I agree with you. They should rebuild, but I don't think it's Dak Prescott's fault. I think it's a Jerry Jones is just bad. And Mike McCarthy is just bad. And most of this roster is just bad. And their offensive line is bad and falling apart. And their wide receiver depth chart is bad. And it's just a yucky team in a yucky spot. And I agree with you. I think actually no more than I think about it. Trade the whole thing.
0: Blow it up. Perfect. Well, Bradford, I think this brings me to a great point. Me and Trey did this a lot last year. Obviously, 16 games a week most weeks. That's a lot of games to watch and keep track of. Slowly, as we went throughout the season, we eliminated teams we just didn't care about. I know that they're a a, a pillar, and I literally know they're going to be in prime time like six times. But can we just agree that we're done talking about the Cowboys? If Cowboys are involved in a game, we will probably not preview it this year. That that's until maybe Dak gets back, but I, I'm willing to bury him early. Like, I I, I don't want to talk about them next week. I don't want to, I don't want to do this whole, like, Oh, could Cooper Rush be something? Cause he won't be. So <laughs> let's, let's just you and me, are, are we cool with that? Like virtual handshake here? Like put, put, put it all together and say, you know, that's it. We're done talking about the Cowboys. So if you're a I, Cowboys fan, I'm really sorry to <laughs> listen to another podcast.
1: I agree with you mostly. I, looking at their schedule right now, it's not even a particularly interesting schedule. I have interest in both Cowboys-Eagles games, and I have slight interest in cowboys Bengals. But outside of that, I don't care. Let's just – you don't need them. Uh, we are, we live in a, in a cowboys list NFL now, and I think that's kind of nice.
0: Those suck, but the NFL is better when the Cowboys are like in the mix it, because they are a, a pillar franchise. All right, let's talk about it. Thursday night football, big game, Chargers, Chiefs. And for as much as I love the Chargers, man, I kind of think the Chiefs are going to show up and win and win big tomorrow night. That's that's kind of how I'm feeling about this game. No Keenan Allen for the Chargers. Joshua Palmer is going to have a, a lot of a workload, and I like Joshua Palmer, and you know I I, I like the them in general. But I think and 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 I think it'll be a shootout. I think the Chiefs have a good defense, but I think the Chargers have an offensive line to neutralize it, and and enough wide receiving talent, even without Keenan Allen, that they can stay in a shootout. But I think ultimately. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is going to be at home and the crowd's going to be crazy and I, I, I've i taken my L. I'm not picking against the Chiefs at home this year. That's just not something I'm interested in doing. Seems like a really terrible idea and picking against maybe the Chiefs in general this year just seems like a really terrible idea. So and until I see it you know I'll I'll agree with you. Let's let's see if the Chargers earn their crown, but but Bradford, I need a promise from you. If the yes, Chargers win, I will this give game, them their dues. You will come on this podcast and you will say, "I admit it. This is a real threat for this division this year. They are a real team that should be considered a Super Bowl contender if they win this game." You have to do that because. That, uh, that, okay, that, I
1: have that, one issue with that. I have one issue with that. I will – if the Chargers win this game, and I expect this to be a very competitive game, I'm not going to say the Chiefs are going to steamroll them. I think the Chiefs win, but I expect this to be a very competitive game. I think we're going to see great quarterback play on both sides, obviously. But I'm going to tell you a story about a little game that happened last year in which the Chargers beat the Chiefs pretty early on, and everybody's like, the Chargers just won the division. It's over. The Chargers are winning the – I'm not quite there yet. I'm not about to crown them as AFC West champions because they're two and zero, and they arguably shouldn't have even been one and zero. They they deserve to lose that game against the Raiders near the end. It was pathetic, but um, they came this close to charging. We were this cl- the Chargers are so sad. They had me cheering for the Raiders. How 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 dark is that?
0: But uh, that's honestly will- pathetic. Like you realize that I've met now. <laughs> a Chargers fan, one of my new trainees at work is a Broncos fan and we've talked about this. And you you do realize that like kind of a rule here is that you're not really allowed to truly hate any team in the division except for Raiders. Like I
1: it- well, I do I do feel immense <laughs> immense distaste and and malice towards them, but it's not an ideological thing. It's a, I cannot stand the Raiders. This is like a I and you misunderstand. If the Chargers take the NFL by storm this year and win the division and once and for all the Chargers actually did something, I will be happy for the Chargers. I'll be sad that my Chiefs didn't win the division. But I'll be like, good for you, Chargers. For once in your pathetic little life, you didn't Piss all over your little oh. chargery pants see, when this everybody is so believes. that Why you gotta do? Why why, why you gotta that, take den- denigrative shots like this? I'm not. I'm not denigrating the charge. I'm just saying, if the Chargers do it, th- do something this year, I will praise the Chargers. I'm not going to be a jerk about it. If I objectively see the Chargers do something that people have already rewarded them for not doing, i one of the points that uh, YB made. The other day, when I was talking to him, and it stuck with me. It stuck with me. Is he's never like he was comparing the coverage that the Chargers get versus the Bengals get after the various endings their season had. And it's like the Chargers get credit for not making the playoffs because, well, we didn't even see what the Chargers could do in the playoffs. It's like, finish that thought out. They didn't make the playoffs, but because the Bengals went on a run they don't expect them to sustain, they get negative points. And 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 the, and the projections like that's this is not Chargers rant time. This is the Chiefs are red hot. The Chargers are pretty hot as well right now. We're gonna have a good duel. And if the Chargers win this game, I will. I, I they earned it because if you win this game, you earned. It. I do not see a world in which the winner of this game didn't fight like hell for that for that division lead. You know, that's, that's kind of where I'm at.
0: All right. Before we go, we're going to do just a heads up for our listeners. We're going to do another podcast with Mason on Friday. Bradford unfortunately has some classes, so he won't be able to join us, but that's going to be more of our uh, weekly preview for week two. But looking ahead, if there's one game you want to talk about, that's not the chiefs game for week two, what is it, Bradford, that we can spend a little bit of time on that and then we can head out of here?
1: A game I would like to talk about. Uh, all right, you're going to have to give me one second to think here. I think, you know what, I'm going to say it. I am most excited to watch, give me Vikings-Eagles, a good old NFC East duel. I mean, the Vikings coming off an electrifying offensive win. The Eagles coming off an electrifying offensive win. Let's see them. Let's see. Let's see them clash. Let's see what they got. That's a I, game I'm I'm very hyped for.
0: I think easily the doubleheader are the best games of the weekend on Monday night. Titans Bills should be good as well. Any game where the Bills are involved, I'll be watching very closely this year. Uh, I think Vikings Eagles is good too. I'm excited to see how the Vikings pass rush does against a better offensive line. I'm interested to see how that that all works out. And I'm excited to see what these defenses look like. Because I think this will be their first real test of the year. Uh, because both these offenses, I think, are good. And it'll be a nice little test between Jalen Hurts and Kirk Cousins. And like, if Kirk Cousins wants some respect, he'll go ahead and, and win this game. To me, because... Kirk Cousins, we know his struggles in prime time. But if if we want to think about the Vikings differently this year, if we want to think about Kirk Cousins differently this year, then the Vikings have got to win this game. That's just the way I feel. I won't be like you and think they'll win the division until I see him win in prime time. And we'll we'll see if he can do that. That that should be a good one. But one I wanted to bring up with you, I think the Sunday slate's kind of weak. But I am interested in Dolphins Ravens. That was the one game I did watch this weekend that I didn't really talk about was the Dolphins game. I saw Lamar Jackson's highlights against the Jets. Uh by the way, Sauce had a pass breakup, played pretty well. I thought I'll, Sauce was I thought Sauce was slightly saucy. He wasn't a star, but he was pretty good. I'll give him a little dab of sauce. <laughs> he's got a little dab of sauce on him.
1: Sauce uh,
0: himself earning his sauce. He's just got a little bit. Just a little bit for flavor, you know, just a little, uh, you yeah. know, give a little kick. But, you know, everyone, I don't know. The way you feel about the Chargers is, I think, the way I feel about the Dolphins. Yeah. Everyone was praising the Dolphins on Sunday, and they were like, oh my God, Tua's so good. Tua had five pass attempts over 20 yards. He's the most accurate quarterback
1: in the NFL, Eric. Didn't you hear?
0: Five pass attempts over (laughs) 20 yards, and he missed three of them. Like, he's still the same guy. Like, I I refuse to believe, sure, he might have better weapons now, but he is not some elite deep passer. He's good at – he's very accurate, and he's good at completing the short stuff over the middle. And, and and getting the easy stuff to his his wide receivers and good for him that's what a Kyle Shanahan offense does that's 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 kind of what they ask their quarterbacks to do and Mike McDaniels runs a bad offense but anyone who thinks this game is going to be competitive i just i can't I, I can't believe that i mean lamar jackson went out there last sunday And he just shut up the haters because he, you know what? He didn't do it with his legs. He didn't. He really didn't. He just went out there and he he put up, I get 17 for 30 isn't great, but he put up 213 yards, three touchdowns, and three beautiful deep bombs that all ended up in the end zone. Like Lamar, I need to see one more week, but I'm willing to put Lamar in that grouping of three of that, you know, Herbert, Allen, Mahomes, like I, this is where he can announce that he's back. And, and I think the MVP race is very simple this year. I think it is all in the AFC and I think it is both four. I think it is Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, and Lamar Jackson. And if you watch all four of those guys every week, you're going to have a pretty pretty good story of what the NFL was this year. And I will be watching those guys every week. I am so sad I didn't watch Lamar Jackson before this, but I'm going to go watch him tonight and tomorrow. And yeah, it's going to be awesome. And and I'm looking forward to this game because Mike McDaniels, he's, he's got some onions. He's, he's willing to play the... For risk games, and I think he's got some very nice weapons to do some nice things with. But ultimately, I don't think two is a better quarterback than Lamar Jackson, and no. and, and I think Lamar Jackson and the Lamar Jackson is like, going
1: to replace him next year. So let's let's be real here.
0: Yeah, and <laughs> I think Lamar is going to be like, all right, well, and I think John Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh is going to be like, all right, well, let's light him up. Let's see if we can, let's see if they can keep up, because. Ravens got pretty good defense and uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes, but I I am not a Tua guy at all anymore. And I, we'll see what happens, but also you played against the Patriots, like calm down, but Patriots, by the way, that was my other takeaway. Patriots are going to be awful this year. And I'm just so happy about it. They didn't look great. (laughs) I'm just so happy about it. They're going to suck and it's going to be great. Um, but yeah, that's it. So Chiefs Chargers, I think we're both taking Chiefs, and uh, we'll get out of yeah, here. Yeah,
1: we we are. I just want to say, I I with the Dolphins, I always I feel vaguely uncomfortable watching the Dolphins right now. It feels sort of like just stalking your ex on on Instagram a bit. Like I watch I watch Tyreek making Tyreek plays, and it's like. I feel weird inside. I don't know how to feel about this. On one hand, I'm happy I don't have his energy and on, on my team because he's such a bad guy. But he's so fast. And you know, honestly, I I want to say I want to give a little bit of sauce to you, Eric, for making excellent points. I pretty much agree with your entire diagnosis of the Dolphins when I was reading your blog earlier. When you started ripping into the Dolphins, that's where you had me. Uh, the Dolphins are so annoying. Like they they're just the Chargers of the AFC East, man. Like, but and they don't even have a good quarterback. Like, it's.
0: Uh, I will say this, and I wrote this in my blog, and we'll finish on this. It's a pleasure to see Grom men Waddle. It's, <laughs> it's a, pl- it's a pleasure to see all the little fat guys in the stand go like, well, oh, oh, Waddle when Jalen Waddle, uh, when Jalen Waddle scores. That's, I enjoy that. That that brings a smile to my face. But other than that, I don't care much about the Dolphins. Um, yeah. All right. Well, thanks, we Bradford. Did it. We did this thing. We will put this up. I'm gonna. I'm going to bed because it's kind at night here, and it's my only night off. But I'll put this together in the morning, and this will be out Thursday morning, Friday morning. Expect a another podcast going more in depth on week two and talking about chief's chargers and bradford new trainees at works means maybe i get some more nights off i think next ne- next week i'll definitely have wednesday thursday and friday nights off so definitely next week maybe we even do maybe we even do something a little special maybe next week we do a Wednesday night recap pod, and then Thursday night, we hop on after the game and we just go after the game and talk a little bit about the game. And uh, and we, too, I don't think it's gonna be a great game, though. It's Cleveland Pittsburgh, but
1: we'll, no, yeah, but nobody wants to watch Cleveland Pittsburgh, man. Yeah. <laughs> not now, I don't want to watch Jacoby Brissett face the TJ with Steelers, that's just all my interest, just ugh. yeah,
0: yeah. It'll it'll be, be, yeah that so maybe we won't do that actually but. <laughs> that's just i can't
1: think of a game that i'm honestly less excited for because my my enjoyment of watching the Steelers is almost entirely tj watt based like i i think the chubisky thing is funny and i like to be like you know it's just, it's just but like he's not he's not that watchable tj watt is one of the most transcendent defensive players of my lifetime of watching football like he's what makes them fun and he's not even there yeah we're it's, not. It's Anyways, I got to get going to bed as
0: well. Me too. Right all right. We will see you all on Friday. Peace out. Broncos gun.